0: I want to bring up the best-selling author, the uh, the empowerment specialist, Dr. Cindy Trim. Come on, put your hands together. We are excited. We are so excited to be here today, and we know without a shadow of a doubt that God is up to something great and he has you in his mind. And we are joining people from around the world that is a part of the Four Point broadcast. There are life groups that are being established even now all over the world. And you get a chance to be a part of my life group. And my life group is here, a small group of individuals. And if you want to find out about establishing your own life group around the world, you can call our offices. I'm excited about where we are going tonight. And uh, the one thing about computers is you have to make sure that you remember to set it up. And, you know, I've got codes on it. But nonetheless, um, hopefully it'll uh, work with me. Here we go. But we are excited uh, tonight, uh, especially with what God is about to share with you and give to you and everything that is about to happen in your life. Over the course of the next few weeks, we have a chance to address you in spiritual maturation. And so we want you to take out your Bibles. We want you to take out your notepads and get ready because your life is going to be changed. There are eight stages of spiritual maturation, and it's possible for you to be matured in one area. You might be in the incubator in another area. You might be on the third stage in another area. And we want to be able to help you to locate where you are in the different areas and the different uh, realms that you are living in, the different stages that you might be growing in. This message is going to revolutionize your life and change your life for your life. You are never going to be the same. And so we want to go directly into our message from out of the book of Galatians chapter four, verses one to seven, Galatians chapter four, verses one to seven. And we're going to be going through so many different scriptures. We want to do more of a teaching. I do have the tendency to get excited about the word of God, but prayerfully I'll be able to get through and really begin to help you to mature in the things of the Lord. Uh, One of the things that I recognize is this, that the enemy is going to fight you in this area because your spiritual life, your spiritual maturity is the anchor for every other area that you live in. And if you could get the spiritual uh, maturity right, all of the other areas of your life will begin to line up and to fall into place. But in the book of Galatians, chapter four, verses one to seven, scripture says, now I say that the ear as long as he is a child differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed." of the father even so we when we were children were in bondage under the elements of this world but when the fullness of time was come God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem that were that we're under the law that we might receive the adoptions of sons and because ye are sons God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart crying abba father we Therefore, thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son than an ear of God through Christ. In in uh, my first degree, I studied Greek. And it's interesting because Greek is more colorful uh, than the English language. The English language has a tendency of using one word and we lose the meaning and the texture. And so in this particular sect, uh, text, you see son, 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 son. And it's easy to walk away believing that God is talking about just one stage of maturation. But in our text, as we begin to teach you about spiritual maturation, you're going to begin to discover that there's more than just one Greek word for that word son. And it's going to have a lot of implications for you as you grow in the things of the Lord. In the book of Second Peter, if you will go there with me, please. Chapter three, verse 18. 2 Peter, chapter three, verse 18. The scriptures. says, says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory, both now and forevermore. That word grow, axono, oxono, grow, oxeno, And and it it has this interesting connotation because it almost forms the uh, root word or the stem word auxiliarate or auxiliary. And something that is put next to something else to make sure that it's got the power to do something. It's like something that is undergirding you. Now, that word grow, it's interesting because when I looked at that word, I believe that the word grow is one of the most powerful words in the English language. And as we begin to introduce you to the whole concept of spiritual maturation, growing in the things of the Lord and not being stunted in any area of your life. The thing about your spirituality is this and your Christianity. Christianity is your life strategy and it's not relegated just to your spiritual growth. We're talking about growing up in all areas have you ever met somebody that was 40 50 or 60 years old yet emotionally immature and and you say wow you know they are really stunted in their growth have you ever met somebody who may be uh, intellectually smart but they don't know how to manage their money so they're always a day late and a Dollar short, always. You don't want your life to be like that, where you're a day late and a dollar short. You want to be on point every time. You want to be able to wake up in the morning and know that you are in the right place at the right time, in the right realm, doing the right thing for the right God. And I'm going to prophesy this and speak into your life to decree and declare that this will be the most immature you will ever be. I <laughs> did decree- that you are going to grow in the things of the Lord. You are going to mature and that this year you are going to grow more than you have ever grown in any time, any season of your spiritual life, your adult life, your Christian life. I decree a year of growth and not only just growth, I am decreeing and declaring that the years that the canker worm and the palmerworm worm and the caterpillar, that, that those years that were wasted it because of immaturity or ignorance, I decree and declare you are going to make up for lost time. Yeah. This is the season that you are going to literally make up for lost time. Now, if you would go with me back to Galatians chapter four, I want to excavate this text for the next few minutes. The Bible said in Galatians four, one to nine, which is an incredible text. And one of the things I've discovered is this, that Proverbs, when it says Proverbs 25, Five and two, when it says it's the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of Kings is to search it out. Jesus Christ is the King of Kings. And so he's talking about you and I searching out the scripture, actually excavating uh, the text, act- actually doing a deep dive so that you can get the gold out of uh, the revelation of God. You don't want to just remain on the surface of scripture. You want to take a deep dive. Dive and you want to excavate the entire text. So, this text is incredible, even as we begin to talk to you and challenge you about spiritual maturation. The Bible said, Now I say that an ear. So, let's stop at that word ear. That word ear. Is a, is a Greek word that that represents a person that is legally entitled to property or possessions or wealth or the rank of another one person who has died. In other words, when you talk about you being an heir, we are talking about you inheriting something that you didn't work for, but you are legally entitled to. Wow. I decree and declare every thing that you are legally entitled to is coming to you this year. Amen. And so that that word that you are an heir. An heir is a person uh, that is inheriting or continuing a, a legacy or the legacy of a predecessor. And when Jesus died, he said greater works th- shall you do. And he said I'm going to give you keys to the kingdom. In other words, you are not just inheriting a car, a broken down car left over. You're not inheriting used uh, jewelry. What God is giving you, he's giving you an entire kingdom as your inheritance. In other words, when we talk about you maturing, we are attaching your inheritance to something that is of great value. So that That means that if God is going to have you inheriting a kingdom and now you've got to understand that a kingdom not only involves the wealth. Uh, or that you see in the land, but the wealth under the earth, the wealth above the earth. It means that you're inheriting systems. You are inheriting dimensions. You are inheriting all the wealth that has been left here in the earth. And it's left for the children of God. Now, most of us are struggling. We are struggling because we don't know who we have, what we are, who we are or what has been left in our inheritance. If you only could imagine, if you could only understand the things that God has left for us, you will, you, you will no longer allow the enemy to seduce you into a position where you don't wake up every morning to begin to decree and declare, I want my inheritance. I decree that even as the daughters of Zelophehad had woke up and discovered that their father had left them an inheritance and they were heirs, even as the laws prohibited them from accessing it, they reversed some laws by demanding their inheritance. I decree that some laws are about to be adjusted to accommodate you in this season and in this time and that whatever God has prepared for you before the foundation of the world, you are going to get it. And it's going to come in the correct timing and and you are going to be in a place spiritually where you are able to handle your inheritance. The question that remains is, are you able to inherit not only or, or, or accommodate what is coming to you, but handle your inheritance? Are you able to handle your inheritance? And only you can answer that. The whole point of of this particular teaching is to help you to locate where you are and then cooperate with what God is doing in your life spiritually. And so that means that if you are here, that makes you a person inheriting and continuing the legacy of a predecessor. And we're not talking about the legacy of a natural person. We're talking about the legacy of Jesus Christ himself, what he has left. We are not only talking about something that Jesus left that is tangible. We are talking about your spiritual inheritance as well. And once we discover our identity, we will no longer be seduced by the prevailing uh, culture to, to sell ourselves short or to exchange our spiritual inheritance for something that is temporal. I decree that you will not be like Esau. I decree that you will not sell yourself short for immediate gratification. Whatever is worth having, it's worth fighting for, but it's also worth qualifying for and worth waiting for. I decree that the wait is over and you are more than qualified and you are going to see yourself in the days to come as able and mature enough to handle the inheritance that God has left for you. Now, Colossians chapter one, verse twelve to thirteen says, giving thanks unto our Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. The more light you have, the more revelation you're going to have concerning what God has left for you. The Bible said, I have not seen, ear have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Is there anybody here today that loves the Lord? That means if you have loved the Lord God has already prepared your inheritance. You are an heir. You are not waiting for it. In fact you are not waiting for it but it is waiting for you because what you want wants you and what you need needs you and God has prepared you. He has made you meet he has qualified you so that you can be a partaker of the inheritance of the saint in light let there be light let there be light that shines in your spirit to let you know that heaven has already pre-qualified you and i'm going to tell you something that when man has counted you out it's already too late why because god has already counted you in he has already qualified you and the Bible says that he has delivered us from the power of darkness now uh, darkness is the absence of light light is the presence of God the presence of good the presence of information and the presence of revelation and many of us we are suffering because we lack revelation and we lack the right information and so when I decree over your life let there be light I I'm decreeing that God is showing up I'm decreeing good is showing up can I just decree this only good is coming to you I decree it and it's going to come every day of the week it, claim it, prophesy it, decree it every single day. Only good is coming to you. The scripture says all things work together for good. And it doesn't matter how bad it seems. It's going to end up good. You're going to end up on a good note. No matter what you are going through is going to work together for your good. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. What you're going through is all good is going to work together. Many times God is forcing us to grow and he he invites us into new realms of power, and this is where we are going. God has delivered us from the realm of ignorance. You don't have to be ignorant anymore. You don't have to be the one who is in the dark about anything. I decree whatever you need to know, the information is coming. Whatever you need to have, the revelation is coming. Whoever has the information, hallelujah, I decreed, they will not withhold it. I decree and declare, let there be light. Let there be light on your job. Let there be light in your home. Let there be light in your revelation. Let there be light in your mind. Let there be light. This is the last day day you're going to be in the dark about anything everybody else is in the know you are going to be in the know as well not only will you be in the know your children will be in the know your husband will be in the know your loved ones will be in the know your congregation will be in the know your staff will be in the know let there be light have you ever felt like there's got to be something more That feeling is not generated by your spirit. That feeling is generated by the spirit of God. You know, I I, I always tell people, look, if you were ever in the desert and you didn't see water anywhere, your thirst is the proof that water exists. Hunger is the proof that food exists. Are you with me? Just because you don't see it doesn't mean that it's not there. Let there be light. That feeling like there's got to be something more simply means that there is something more. And I want to establish this fact that you are not out of your mind. You are not out of your mind to feel like there's got to be something more. In fact, what I'm sensing by the spirit of God that some of you right now are bored Uh, uh, I'm bored right where you are. You are bored, bored with where you are, what you're doing. You have outgrown it and it's time for you to shift. I decree that a shift is coming. Amen. You have outgrown some relationships. You have outgrown a realm. You have outgrown that dead end job. And there's that gnawing feeling on the inside that there's got to be something more. After two years of being saved, I got saved when I was young. I got saved at 17, started preaching at 18. Two years after that, I had peaked out and I kept saying there's got to be something more. And my friends used to say, you're so idealistic. Why don't you run a country? So I ran a country. And that feeling, seriously, I ran a country. And I I, I was in the Senate in my nation. And uh, that feeling was still there. So I got another degree. That feeling was still there. So I got another degree. That feeling was still there until I was introduced to the kingdom. You are not out of your mind. To feel like there's something more. Don't let anyone make you feel as if you're going out of your mind. As if what what you are sensing and feeling and wanting is unrealistic. I want to remind you what you want wants you. You just have to have enough faith to go get it. I decree you are no longer just going to sit and wait for it to happen. I decree God is anointing you to go get it. Go get your stuff. Go get yourself. Success. Go get your prosperity. That feeling is not generated by your spirit. That feeling is generated by the spirit of God. Look at Romans 8, verse 16 to 17. Romans 8, verse 16 to 17. The Bible said the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. It is the Holy Spirit that is witnessing with your spirit. And if children Children, then ears, ears of God, joint ears with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. Did you get that? The spirit itself witnesses with our spirit. What you are sensing and feeling is not generated by your spirit. It's being generated by the spirit of God. God downloads it into your spirit, but the Holy Spirit uploads it into your mind. Turn to your neighbor and say, pay attention. It's not what people want for you, it's what God wants for you. And we live such distracted life that many times God is downloading things into our spirit by way of prophetic promptings, by way of dreams and visions, by way of prophetic stirrings. And we, we, it's so fleeting, it's so fleeting that we, sometimes we miss it and then we discount it because some of the things that God uploads into our mind is so amazing. And we look at our pocket, pocketbook, we look at our bank account, and then we say, Well, this can't be God because I can't afford it. You may not be able to afford it, but your father can. God is able to supply all of your need according to what? His what? Riches, not his poverty. You do not serve a poor God, nor do you have a poor father. And I'm gonna show you this in a minute. Your father is not pu- poor. You see, poverty is not what you lack in your pocket is not what you lack in your hand is what you lack in your heart and in your head you got to get your head together you got to get your heart together and you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to bring your heart and your thought into alignment with, 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 with what God wants for you into alignment with the thoughts of God if you only could understand that God's thoughts of you are good they're not evil to bring you to an expected end in other words no matter how you started this year or this month you are going to end the month and this year on a better footing you're gonna end it stronger you're gonna end it wiser you're gonna end it more anointed and you're gonna end it with more wealth even if your neighbor doesn't believe it you believe it yourself You see, let there be light. When I speak a general word, let there be light, an individual has to pick it up. And just because your neighbor doesn't pick it up as a revelation for themselves, it doesn't mean that it's not a revelation for you. Let there be light. That prompting is not generated independent of God. That is put there, that prompting, that feeling has been placed there. Why? Because you're an ear and you're a joint ear with Christ. The scripture says, as long as he is a child, going back to to uh, the book of Galatians, as long as he is a child, scripture says, this is an incredible text. Now I say that 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 the ear. Now I say that the ear. As long as he is a child, write this word down. Napias. It's going to make a difference. It's napias. Not nappy head. Napias. N-E-P-I-O-S. Napias. Now, this is the fourth stage of the eight stages of spiritual maturation. And we're going to come back before we finish This particular teaching, we're going to give you all of the eight stages so that you can meditate on. As long as he's a child or a nephews, as long as he's operating on the fourth stage of spiritual maturation, he differed nothing from uh, from a servant, a dualist. He said, even though you're an ear, as long as you're just on the fourth stage, you're still going to be a servant. In other words, I'm not going to give you access to your inheritance. It's there. It's reserved. But you're not mature enough to handle it. Turn to your neighbor, say, I'm mature enough. I'm seriously mature enough. Different, nothing. You're you're just a servant, though he be Lord of all. In other words, in the spirit realm, the work is finished. But in the natural, you have to mature. You have to grow. You have to be able to handle it. And so God is not going to give you something that you cannot handle. It is like a father that, that buys an 18 wheeler truck for a two year old. He's not going to sit him in the uh, carriage of the 18 wheeler and put him on 95 or put him on 75 and say, go get it. Wow. What he's wow. going to do is wait until he what? matures right until he grows. Even though the truck is there, he will not only kill himself, but he'll kill everybody else on the road. Why? Because he lacks what? Maturity. There you go. And so God has prepared some amazing things for us, but he's waiting for us to grow up. Turn to your neighbor and say, grow up, grow up. up. You're Lord of law, but God is waiting for you to grow up. Verse number two says, but he is under tutors and governors. So what God is going to do as as you are maturing in the things of the Lord, he's going to send you tutors and governors. Now, what is the difference? A tutor is one who builds intellectual capacity and becomes a catalyst That aids in helping you to maximize your potential to discover and to fulfill your purpose. This is my role in the kingdom. My role in the kingdom is one of a tutor. Why? Because my role, my job description is simple. My job description is to empower individuals to maximize their potential and to discover and to fulfill their purpose. That's my job description. That's what I'm called to do. So if you are around me or if I'm mentoring you or coaching you or discipling you, I'm I'm not just looking at potential, I'm looking at capacity. Now, capacity is different from potential. Potential is what you have the gifts and the skills to do, but it's unrealized. You haven't tapped into it yet. It's still in seed form. It's not cultivated, but capacity is slightly different. Capacity is attached to three things. It's attached to self-image as well as self-esteem, Number two, it is attached to purpose. And number three, it is attached to vision. So that means that if you have potential, but you don't have the capacity, it's like not having, like not having potential at all. So a tutor is responsible for building what? capacity in you so that you can maximize your potential. It means that they bring you into a realm of discipline. Most people don't like discipline because they associate discipline with corporal punishment. You see, there's a difference between corporal punishment and discipline. Let me show you what discipline looks like. I'm an Olympic fan, And I'm the Olympic fan because it's the best of the best. So by the time a person gets to the Olympics, they are no longer competing with anybody. They compete in all of the sports and all of the competition to get them to the Olympics. When they get to the Olympics, they are already considered the best of the best. So you are no longer qualifying for the world to see you as the best in your industry. What is that now? What is the competition all about? The competition is about you competing with yourself. You see, when you begin to mature in the things of the Lord, you are no longer comparing yourself with anybody else. You are comparing yourself with yourself. It is the wrestle that Jacob had. When he ended up at the at a brook called Jabbok, a stream that was flowing. And the scripture said he began to wrestle. He was not only wrestling with God, he was wrestling with his greatest self. It was at that place that God introduced Jacob, who Jacob was, to who he was going to be. He introduced Jacob to Israel. They were the same person. You're getting this right. They were the same person. God didn't introduce him to anybody else. God introduced him to himself. A tutor is going to introduce you to you. A tutor is going to build your esteem and your knowledge of who God has made you to be. A tutor no longer uh, compares you with anybody else. The, the tutor is going to say to you, you've got the potential, but my job is to help you to get the capacity. Right. So when, when, when they qualify and they go to the Olympics, now they're competing with themselves. How fast can I go? Can I push this faster? Do I have the potential, but do I have the what? Capacity. Your capacity is attached to your self-image and your self-esteem. Many times we have a lid over our lives because we don't know who we are and we don't love ourselves. We have learned to hate everything about ourselves. Very few of us love Who we are, who God wired us to be. And we, we spend all of our lives trying to figure out what other people are doing. And then we try to duplicate that. You've got to be careful about duplicating what other people are doing, because that means that you're the copy. Nobody wants a copy. People want the original. Why don't you be the original? If you spend your time trying to be like someone else, who's going to be you? That means you're going to cheat the world of everything that God has placed in you. Maturity says, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. I'm strong enough. Maturity says, I'd rather be me and not you. I decree in this season, you're going to be your best self. And you're going to put your best foot forward. And you're going to let the world know, "Uh, listen, this is who I am. Like it or not. This is who I am. And this is what it means to live authentically. Get to know the most important person in your life. And that is you. You're the most important person. And this is what spiritual maturity is all about. And this is what a tutor is going to do. The tutor is going to build that intellectual capacity, connecting you back to who you are so that you you have self-esteem and your self-image. You know who you are and you know who you are, not only in the natural, but who you are in Christ. They're going to connect you back to purpose and they're going to connect you back to vision. And this is where the real work starts. I'm a, I am have a coaching company. I'm a life strategist. I have uh, 15 different coaches that work with, with uh, our clients. And the hardest thing, to get our our clients to do is sit down and put the work in in developing themselves and cultivating themselves. It's the hardest thing because we have learned how to please everybody else until we don't know what we want, why we want it. We don't know who we are. We are waiting for people to tell us who we are. We are waiting for people to uh 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 uh, 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 uh touch us in 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 an emotional way so that we feel good about ourselves. We're waiting for someone to stroke our ego. We're waiting for someone to say you're bright enough. You're smart enough. Listen to me carefully. The day that you were conceived qualified you. So that means the day you were born you were already on your way. Somewhere between the day that you were born and now you had to learn how to be handicapped. You had to learn how to hate yourself. And today, I decree this is the last day you're going to put yourself down. No matter what you think about yourself, God thinks even something greater. I decree that God is superimposing his thoughts upon your thoughts. And I decree you're going to start believing God. When God said you're the head and not the tail first and not last, you need to say, I believe you. Not only believe, but you've got to believe it. You've got to behave it. And then you're going to become it. Believe it. Behave it. And then you'll become it. Are you with me? A tutor will help you to maximize your potential, to discover and to fulfill your purpose. And so he builds capacity for that to connect you back to your self-esteem, your self-image, number two, your purpose. You got to know what your purpose is. If you are not connected to your purpose, you have no capacity for future success and prosperity. It means you're going to be its either stuck in today's activities or yesterday's activities. How many of you would never like to repeat last year? You, you wanna just pronounce a benediction on it. <laughs> How many of you would never like to repeat your what, what what happened with you when you were 18 and 19 and 14 and 20? How many of you just don't want to talk about it? You want to pronounce the benediction and throw it into the sea of forgetfulness? I decree you will never have to revisit again. I decree that your vision for your future is so solid and so uh, clear that every day you wake up, you wake up excited. You're excited. Are you with me? Because today is the Future that you dreamed about yesterday. It is. It is. This is the worst that your life could ever be. Every day you are growing stronger and better. Every single day. The second thing he, uh, 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 scripture says that you're a child. You're a napios. You're just in the fourth stage. Unable to access your inheritance because of immaturity. So God is going to give you tutors and governors. A tutor is a person that builds intellectual capacity, uh, which becomes a catalyst, a person that helps you to discover your potential, maximize your potential, maximize your potential to discover purpose. And he's building capacity in, in the meantime. So you may have the potential, but do you have the capacity? Do you have the capacity? And then he talks about a governor, a governor. A governor is one who builds social, cultural, and spiritual character. So you not only need a tutor to build capacity, you need a governor to help you to build character, to hold you accountable. That if you say, I believe God, and I believe the fruit of the spirit, if you call yourself a Christian, are you salt and light? The Bible calls us salt. The Bible calls us light. So what is salt and light? Light is uh, someone who gives wisdom, someone who gives in, in, uh, insight. And, and, and salt is a person who lives morally and ethically. And so it's, it's one thing for you to understand who you are and maximizing your potential, but do you have ethics and morals? So your, your governor is going to make sure that as God blesses you, you are conducting your affairs with ethics and morality. Are you with me? And so my job in the kingdom is an exciting job because I'm a tutor and I'm, I'm a governess <laughs> to the sons and the daughters of the most high God. So when I come into your life, I'm not coming because I need a friend. I've got enough friends. I'm not coming because I need fam. My family love me. I have an awesome family. They love me. So I'm not coming to be loved. I'm not even coming to be liked. I'm coming because as my assignment, I want to see you mature in the things of the Lord. I'm the truth girl. And a lot of people say to me, I want you to mentor me. I want you to be my coach. And I say, if I mentor you and I'm your coach, you've got to be able to take the truth. And so people say, yes, I can take the truth. Tell me the truth. And as soon as I tell them the truth about who they are, they want to justify it. I say, look, I'm the most non-judgmental person. Why? Because I really don't care about your business. I don't, I'm not a collector of information. I got enough of my own to deal with. I don't need yours and your cousins and your grandmama. I just want to know, do you have a future? Do you have a vision? Do you have a purpose? If you don't know what your purpose is, let me help you to figure it out. That's I'm that girl. Let me get you the tools. Let me show you how to use the tools. And then directly after that, guess what I have to do? I have to go home and use the same tools. I'm the girl that says, let me give you revelation. But after I give you the revelation, guess what? I have to go home and apply it to my own life. Are you with me? Yes. I, I, I've got to live what I preach. And that's what I do. Whatever you do, it's got to be moral. It's got to be ethical. And if it's not moral, if it's not ethical, that means you are immature and you cannot access your inheritance. Yes. That requires accountability. Who are you accountable to? I'm not talking about accountable for buying a car and getting married. I'm talking about accountable for maximizing that potential, for honing your skills, for polishing those gifts and those talents, and then for giving that to the world to make this world a better place. You're more than just a handsome and a pretty face. You are handsome and you are pretty. Turn to your neighbor and say, she's talking about me. Oh, absolutely! I make my whole role look good. <laughs> Amen. I'm adding value to you. Amen. Sitting next to the person on your left and right, they add value to your life. Look at them. Say you're adding value to me. Mm-hmm. And look at the same two. Say I am. I am. I really am. I really am. I'm adding value to you. You need. You need tutors and you need governors. Who's your governess? Who's your governor? Who is holding you accountable to raising the bar on your performance? On a scale of one to ten, where are you performing? Were you performing spiritually? Were you performing personally? Were you performing socially? Were you performing domestically? Were you performing financially? Were you performing spiritually? On a scale of one to ten. And if you're at a three or four or two, who is holding you accountable to get to 10? Who's in your life that knows you? Most people want you to know them. But who's in your life to say, look, I need to help you to get from point A to point B. Firstly, helping you to articulate it. That person is not coming into your life to articulate it for you. They're coming into your life to help you to articulate it. Do you have articulation of why you're here, your purpose, your destiny, your goals, your objectives? Do you have articulation? And who's in your life that's going to help you to do that? Those are your governors and tutors. So the scripture says, that as long as he's a child, he differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors. Let's go back to our, our, our text until the time appointed of his father. Verse number three. Now, let's go back to this time appointed by the father. I, I, I love uh, the I love Super Bowl. I love the Super Bowl. I love the game. I've watched the game. It's a crying shame what happened in the game. (laughs) I still can't believe it. I still can't believe it. But it's interesting because the thing about American football is the ball is not thrown to a person. See, a lot of women, when they watch it, they think that they're actually throwing the ball to a person. They're not. They're throwing the ball to a position. And that position is what? Pre-appointed. What are they doing? They're running plays. So you have the defense and the offense. So what? the offense has the ball. The de- defense wants to get the ball. But what they, what they do is they set up a defense. And what are they doing? They're trying to figure out what the play is and to prohibit The person from getting into what place, because if they get into that place, if they get into the position, they're going to get the ball. It's pre appointed. So all you need to do is make sure you what get in place and God is going to throw your inheritance to you. So what does the devil do? The devil sets up a what? A defense. And what does the defense do? Wants to slow you down to prohibit you from getting in place. Why? Because if you're in place, you're going to get the ball. If you're in place, you're going to get your inheritance. But what the enemy wants to do is to slow you down. Wants to distract you. Wants to prohibit you. Wants to stop you. But like the song said, it's too late. You got the revelation. Ain't no stopping us now. Ain't no stopping us now. Mm. It's a, it's, it's, it's a time appointed by the Father. Everything is about timing. I travel, and uh, I'm on an airplane just about every week, so I do a lot of traveling. And I know about timing because um, the thing about traveling is you have to be at that gate and on the airplane because they have a counter. They count down. And they give you 10 minutes, uh, 10 minutes to get on that airplane. And if you're not on that airplane, then they're gonna shut the door and they're gonna go on off. And you're gonna miss the flight. Now it's not just about missing the flight, it's, it's, it's missing everything else that goes with the flight. So it's not only what's going on with you at the airport that you are flying from, is everything that's going on in the airport that you're flying to. So the person that's waiting for you, the car that's waiting for you, all of the other flights. And so if they held up flights for everybody that was late, it means that nothing will be synchronized. It's possible that there could be airplane crashes. It could be unnecessary accidents that happen because they are not working with timing. I remember uh, um, uh, uh, my airplane landing uh, late and they said, we're going to hold a flight up flight for you. So I'm running and I'm a, a, a medallion. So that means that they should do some special things. I have over two million miles. I'm on my thir- th- uh, I'm almost three million miles with one airline. That's not with all, but I'm almost three million miles with one airline. So they usually bend over backwards. They said, okay, Dr. Trim, get to your, uh, your gate, and they'll be waiting. They called. But there's another person that, that makes the final call. So it's not only the gate, the people that are at the gate. It's the person on the airplane. So I get to the gate. They said we were just about ready to close the, the gate down, but I told her to hold the, uh, hold the, gate open, hold the uh, door open for you. So they stamped my uh, ticket and I went on and I went down the uh, runway, uh, getting ready to get on the, the airplane. And guess what happened? I get to the door. The door is open. I could stick my foot in the door. I could put my arm, my head, everything in the door. And you know what she said? You're too late. And I said, they just sent me down here. She said, you're too late. We can't let you on. We have already done our uh, manifest, and uh, we have a certain number. We've done the manifest, and, um, you know, you are not getting on. And I said, I'm right here. The door is open. I could just put my foot in, and you're talking to me. By the time you finish your conversation, I could have been on the airplane, and I could have taken my seat. But she had the final call and, 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 and the door is open. But I couldn't get in because I was not in place 10 minutes before the door was shut. I decree and declare this is the last day you're going to get to an open door. But because of timing and immaturity, you can't go through. From this season on you are going to be synchronized and syncopated to the timing of the Lord. And you're going to be mature about it as well. It says uh, until the time appointed. So it's possible to be in the right place, but out of the timing. I decree that people will not, uh, uh, interfere with heaven's rhythm for your life. When we talk about time, You know, dancing is about timing. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. That's timing. Have you ever seen a person that can't dance? So everybody else is timing and they're doing something crazy. Why? They're out of what? Beat. They're out of timing. So when we talk about timing, we're talking about you being synchronized and syncopated with heaven's rhythm. You might be out of beat with people around you but you might be in beat with heaven. Heaven has its own drum major. And there are realms that you have to be synchronized to. So you don't want the rhythm of an old realm or an old season saying that I'm in a new season because every every season has its own rhythm. It has its own timing. Timing is not about just about a calendar or a clock. But it's also you being synchronized and syncopated to heaven's timetable. So the person that was um, that took my ticket at the counter, the counter clerk, she had one time. But the person that was on that airplane in a different realm, they called the shots. I decree and declare. You will not allow immaturity to cause you to be stuck in an old realm when God wants to promote you to another. The airplane would have taken me to a higher height. But guess what? I was grounded. I watched the airplane take off and it took off without me. I had my ticket. I was qualified. I paid the price, but yet I missed the flight. I decree and declare you have paid the price. You will not miss another flight. God is going to elevate you to new heights and you're going to be qualified to go there. The Bible said until the time appointed by the father, even so we, when we were children, when we were nappy us, not nappy heads, but nappy us, we're, we're in bondage under the elements of this world. We were in the fourth. Stage of spiritual maturation, but the world controlled us. If the world is controlling you, that means that you have missed the word for your life. See, though, see, you're either going to have the word dictating to the world or the world dictating to the word, Mm -hmm. and the world never dictates to the word. Therefore, what God wants to do is bring deliverance to you with a word. In this season, I decree that you will no longer follow the world. You will start following the word of God for your life. You were under, you were children. You were in bondage to the elements of this world. Verse number four. Let's go back there now to the text. But when the fullness of time, that, that Kara's moment was come, God sent a son so that word "son" there is "we/us," and we're going to talk talk to you about that next stage, the stage that qualifies you to be son place, so that you can access the inheritance that God has left for you. He made him a, a made of a woman, made under the law to redeem that which were under the law, that we may receive the adoption of sons. And that word is different from son. That word son is weas thesis. Weas thesis. Son is weas, weas thesis. So that weas thesis means son placed. This is where we want to get to when you're son placed. Now are we the sons of God. Now we're son placed. Now we're able to access our inheritance. And this is what Jesus died for. He died so that we can be son place and access our inheritance. Verse number six. And because ye are sons, because you're we us, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba father, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, watch this, if you are with thesis, if you are son place, than an ear of God through Christ. And so spiritual maturation, the Bible says that there comes a point in our lives. Hebrews six, one to three, please go there for me, please says, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ. Let us go on unto perfection. Let us mature. Now, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, Of the doctrines of baptism, the laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. In other words, what what Paul is saying here, there comes a place where you shouldn't have to be taught about that anymore. You see, I'm a Christian and I stay saved, not because I don't want to go to hell. You see, I'm not driven by the fear of hell. Why? Because I'm not hell conscious. I'm not trying to live a life to avoid sin. Why? Because I'm not sin conscious. I'm righteousness conscious. And there's a difference. I want to do right. I'm not trying not to sin. What I wake up every morning is to live righteously. So sin is behind me. So I don't, I don't need people to preach to me about, uh, not lying and stealing. Why? Because that's not in my vocabulary. Amen. That's not even in, in my peripheral view. Why? Because I settled it a long time ago. I am a Christian because I love God. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, this is not an escape ism for me. I'm, I, I live in, I'm a part of this world. I'm making this world a better place, but, but I don't incubate my life as a Christian I live as a Christian in this world. Why? Because I'm light light shines as bright as in darkness. Why would I spend the rest of my life hanging around with other light singing my light's brighter than your light, my light's brighter than your, we're all lights but your light has none effect around other lights. Your light has effect in where? Darkness. And so this scripture has said, look, settle once and for all. Why do you have to keep repenting, repenting, repenting and confessing your sins? There comes a point when you pray about certain things and then another point of maturity where you just give it up. You don't have to fast anymore. It doesn't work. Why? Because I want to be Christ-like. So if if this is not going to make me Christ-like, why would I want to spend the rest of my life hiding and wearing a facade of Christianity? Whatever I do in the light, I do in darkness. I don't have two lifestyles. I only have one, and I don't need anybody around me for me to live like a Christian. It's a decision that I made. My name is not sinner, my name is Christian. My name is a saint. So if my name is not sinner, it means that I don't sin. So we don't have to uh, 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 keep preaching. The doctrine of Christ. these are foundational. So it's time to grow. You know, we're in this beautiful building, but nobody's saying how nice the foundation is. Oh, that foundation is nice. It's beautiful. Why? Because you don't see it. But we know there's a foundation. Why? Because the superstructure proves that it is. What is happening with your superstructure? What, what, what is your lifestyle built upon? Is it built upon truth or deception? Do you have to hide anything that you have to hide in secret? means that you shouldn't be doing it. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. You're going to mature and you're going to start really loving God. You're going to do it with people around you. And when they're not around you, let them pull the covers off. Yes. What they're going to find is Christ. Amen. Why? Because that's the foundation. So we should move beyond that growing grace. It means that now God is going to build a superstructure. Your substructure. Your substructure. Is built upon something solid and now he wants you to mature. Let's give you a few more points. Are you getting anything out of this? Let's give you a few more points. There should come a point in your life that you are adamant and committed to breaking old cycles and grow beyond your current spiritual, emotional, financial stutter. This is how God gave me. He said, my people are stuttering. So when a person stutters, they repeat a phrase or word over and over again. I decree and declare old cycles are broken. You're not going to have the same old cycle next year and the year after that. You're coming out of the stuttering. You're going to have new cycles. Old patterns are broken today. You are being healed of spiritual stuttering. You're being healed of financial stuttering. You're being healed of emotional stuttering. You're being healed of relational stuttering. You're not going to stutter any longer. Are you with me? God wants to heal you of those spiritual stuttering. That means next year you might be fighting a battle, but it's not going to be the same devil. You're going to, you may, you may have to overcome a crisis, but it's not going to be the same crisis. You may have challenges, but it's not going to be the same challenge. Are you with me? When a person stutters, they repeat. If you're repeating the same old test with the same old people doing the same old thing, asking the same old dumb questions. Emotionally, physically, physically financially, spiritually, you're still talking about the same thing you talked about last year and the year before and the year before and the year before. Your life is on stutter. It means that you are stuck and you are not maturing. You are not growing. You're not growing emotionally. You're not growing financially. I mean, all the word that we have and what the word is quick and powerful. The word is alive. Let the word work in all areas of your life. I decree you will not fight the same battles you fought last year. You will not fight the same people you fought last year. You will not go through the same challenges you went through last year. You will not tolerate tolerate what you tolerated last year. You will not deal with the same issues you dealt with last year. You are going to grow. This is your year to grow. I decree and declare you will grow more than you have ever grown before. You will overcome areas that you have been stuck in. You are going to leave the dead end jobs you're going to walk away from people and situations that no longer bring you joy. You're going to shake your addiction. You're going to replace bad habits with new ones. You're going to get rid of self-sabotaging paradigms. You are going to grow this year. You are going to grow spiritually. You are going to grow financially. You are going to grow emotionally. You are going to grow intellectually. You are going to grow to grow grow professionally. You are going to grow Nutritionally, you are going to grow corporately. You are going to grow socially. You are going to grow systemically. You are going to grow politically. You are going to grow educationally. You are going to grow economically. You are going to grow culturally. You are going to grow personally. You are going to grow interpersonally. You are going to grow extra personally. You are going to grow domestically. You are going to grow nationally. this we will do if God permit. You are going to grow in Jesus name. Amen. Lift those hands and begin to praise God. Hallelujah. Let God know I'm not going to be stuck any longer. This is my season to grow. I want my inheritance and I want it now. Our Father and our God, we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. We say let there be light. Shine the light in areas in our lives where we need to grow. decree that there is no judgment that you are placing on us there is therefore now no condemnation to them uh, hallelujah who have been called uh, hallelujah in Christ Jesus I thank you because we love you hallelujah we are pressing into you we want to grow in every area we want to mature we recognize that we are mature in some areas but there are other areas of our life that we are immature maybe because We did not have a tutor or a governor. But tonight we thank you that the Holy Spirit is our tutor. The Holy Spirit is our governor. He is building capacity in us. He is building accountability mechanisms around us. And I thank you for this, God. I decree and declare today we change. Today we grow. And every single day we will grow stronger. We will grow better. Father, I thank you for what our ears have heard and I thank you that we are open. Hallelujah. So that we can be with thesis We can be some place. We thank you, Father, for the synchronization and syncopation of the spirit that we are picking up heaven's rhythm. And Father, we decree and declare that we will no longer be held under the beggarly elements of this world. But Father, we are now participating in the inheritance of the saints in light, father you have translated us from the power of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of your dear son we thank you that you have prepared this kingdom before the foundation of the world and you have given us keys of the kingdom I thank you oh God that you are opening up doors and that we are in the right place at the right time and that we are fighting the good fight of faith we want we want more, We want to be more in Christ Jesus. We want to know who we are. We are wrestling tonight in prayer. Father, that you will reveal to us and that we will have the faith commensurate to what you are revealing so that we say, oh God, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. We are ears and joint ears with Christ. And Father, we are maturing in this season until we are able to be sunplace